This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, the isolation playlist. The isolation pod. Is that ironic? So how are you? I mean, now I've been a uh, Paul Furlong. Um, got plenty of time in hands. I'm not bored. I'm not bored, but um, just finding just so much time to do things that I haven't. Yeah, had time it's to strange, do isn't it? Because I've I've got to a little stage now where I'm like, Christ, where do I normally find the time to work eight hours a day? Uh, it's 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 mad. It's it's a crazy crazy time right now, but um. But we'd we'd still try and create some content. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like it could be all right using this. Yeah, obviously, it's not going to sound perfect to anyone that that does listen to this. It's not going to sound perfect because we're not in a studio or whatever. We're not even sat in the same room, so you'd have to take it for what it is. The uh, two thousand five two thousand six title winning season. Weren't, weren't a bad season that one. No, it was. It was good. It was a time that I sort of really, that was my time where I really sort of fell in love with it. So yeah, we've managed to get uh, BBC Essex's Nick Halleker to um, come and have a chat along with Chris Phillips. Hopefully we can sort of play about with this one. Maybe we can do more using the actual Skype, uh, whatever it is, the actual uh, the system itself, you know what I mean? Like share the screen and maybe share the clip at the same time or something like that. So hope you enjoy it. If you don't, you can just turn it off, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> See you later. See ya. Cheers for joining us, chaps. No problem, Chris. Your uh, your second appearance, although we don't uh, don't talk about the first one too much because that's when we had those crappy little mics. We we're all gathered around one microphone. Apple Podcasts actually rejected that episode being you because the sound quality was that bad. They were oh, like, are you sure it just wasn't because I was on. Yeah. It? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you you actually can't upload this. The quality. Yeah, is too you can't bad. have him on. He's so a, a muffin. You can't have, have him on. It. So we can actually say officially we've got two debutants. Okay, I'll take that. We've got the, uh, what would you say, the 
the official writer of Southend United, and in, in many ways the voice of Southend United. I'm sure this is going to be the most recognisable voice we've had on this, isn't it? Who, me? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't big him up too much. <laughs> but do you not remember when Chris used to do the commentary with me? So like that, he was great days, great days. Yeah, they were. They were. I actually hadn't realised, Chris, that you uh, did the voiceover for the. Oh yeah. For the DVD. The funny thing was that the the clips that you've been playing, um, we had great fun producing that DVD. Actually, so what happened was it was me, Nick. And Dave Scriven at the time, he was the press officer. We all got together, I think it was at BBC Essex in Yeah, it was at work, yeah. Yeah. And Nick recorded the commentary then, which is actually how come all the names are right, because obviously <laughs> <laughs> it was done after the, after all the games. So right. Nick got all the names right. And then, yeah, I had just the easy bit, really. So I just had to sort of say, August was a great month for Southend. And, um, <laughs> And all that kind of thing, but yeah, it actually was it took a couple of days to to do, um, but that was actually great fun. Obviously, the games and everything speak for themselves, but the moments behind the scenes and things like that 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 make it even more memorable than just what happened on the pitch as well. To be fair, I just I did the commentary dry. I didn't look at the what was going to happen. They just showed me these highlights. So I did I did have a good old bash at whose name was who. So I didn't do too badly. <laughs> You know, it's some of them, some of them, you think, who was that player for Team X? You know, who's Huddersfield number 19? I have no idea. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I thought when someone praised you for making a joke the other day, I think it was when Freddie scored and you said a Greek tragedy. The Greek tragedy. <laughs> I thought, well, to be fair, he had about six months to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I might have used it on the radio commentary as well, though. Uh, well, yeah, no, we'll never know. We have to dig that one out, try and find yeah. it. Yeah, see, that's mad. I'd, I'd never have known that that wasn't the uh, that wasn't the official commentary. I think now I think that's, that's that's good. That's like I think it it knocks together quite well. I, I'd never have known that. You never guessed. Nick would have been on holiday for half the season, don't you? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. He, he wouldn't have been at most of the games, so that should have been a giveaway. I couldn't remember most of October, most of February. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're in New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was. To be fair, is you did a good job on that, so it does sound good. Listen, uh, listen, listening back to it. But all the stuff was made by Dave Scriven because he was a he was a pro, wasn't he? He was, he was really good at the press. I was himself. Yeah, he did. He did really well. He pulled the clips together, and yeah, it was just a good time. Really, it was a good team off the pitch as well as on it. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. I well, I started going in '97. Um, but this see this was kind of the season that I really I guess you said like, I fell in love with it because it was obviously like we'd, we've gone and won the league but, yeah yeah I could, and, and still it's like it's 14 years ago and it's still like the highlight of my football in life it's it was it was a bloody good time though yeah. to be fair you look at that team you look at some of the players there as a whole they were 1 to 11 or whatever the numbers were, one to eleven, they were quality players. All of them, weren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah they were. And I think also at the time, maybe you didn't appreciate just how good that team was. Um, I think maybe you, you seem to almost take it for granted that the team's doing well. Oh, we're going to win this week. Oh, we're going to win next week. Yeah, we'll win there. And because that becomes the norm you kind of get used to it and almost forget how bad it has been in the past. And obviously how it's been 
since, when you look back now, you realise just how good it was. And even the unsung heroes of that team, like your Carl Pettifers and your Mark Bentleys and your Shea Wilsons, who probably at the time didn't really get much of the limelight. They played that played a key part. And Nick's right, there were some really, really good players in that side and stood the test of time. And it's good to see them still being remembered to this day. Yeah, I think it's a great point. You know, particularly someone like Shea Wilson. I think at, I mean this in the nicest way possible. At the time, I think he was just like he was the left back. Same as Jupp yeah. on the other side. He was the right back. I don't think many people were like raving about them at the time. What do I really don't? Mitchell Cole as well, to be fair, and that sort of player. You just think, gee, quality players, and you don't realise. And I don't think anybody would, even at that time how good they actually were. In hindsight, it's great. And you look back now and you think that was great. That was a good time. I don't think you probably realise, even if at the time, you wouldn't have realised how good it was. Yeah. So, so I, I, I've, I've sat and I've watched all those clips from, from it. And I've just said that. I spoke to my dad about it. I spoke to Ian about it. And I've just, I really wish that I'd have been like a tiny bit older and I had like a better understanding from like a, almost like a tactical standpoint. Because we, so we played some really good stuff. Some of the football we played, the build-up to a lot of the goals, it was it was no fluke that what we were doing. We we were really good. Yeah, and technically, if you look at the likes of of Kevin Mayer, he was a, he was a class player. And then you look at a Mark Gower, he went on to play in the Premier League. He he had a real creative edge. Obviously, Freddie speaks for itself. And you had Wayne Gray, Sean Gota, the options off the bench that people that could come in and, and make an impact. It was just all over the pitch. There were some really, really class quality players. But also, that would be, oh, how long? But I've been writing about Southend for 20 years in one way or another. That was also the nicest group of players we've had. So that made it extra special as well. And arguably, that was probably one of the main reasons for the success was that they had their team spirit among themselves. And, and that went a long way, I think, just how hard they all worked for each other and the club. And that's probably what got them over the line in the end. And they were good professionals, weren't they? They were, they were really good pros. And they all, I think, to a man, worked so hard. Even if they weren't the best... You know, Freddie scored... How many goals did Freddie score that season? 20, 25, I think. 25. So, Freddie scored 25 goals. Obviously, Sean Gota did it all. But even those that probably weren't the most gifted footballers... Like your, your your Duncan Jupps, your Shea Wilsons, and he that. His phone. they just work so <laughs> Sorry, hard. Phone. It's all right. Where's Chris going? Come <laughs> phone. It's all right. Sorry, I'm here. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> it was it was a dull comment. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, do carry on. I don't want to steal your limelight. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I you know just those <laughs> those players like the Shays and the like, they just work so hard. Yeah. No, you're right. That's, that's the thing for me as well. On top of being a good team, they work. They work hard. That's that's the thing. Sometimes you can be a good team. If you don't work hard, you, you don't get anything. You know, you've got them, and they, and they put, like you said earlier, the Carl Pettifers and the Jupps and that. Mark Bentley, they're probably not the most technically gifted, but hundred percent commitment every game. Yeah. He um, talking about Luke Guthridge. He he did really well in providing some of those goals and also scored some belters as well, didn't he? Just seeing those clips that you've been playing. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a good player, actually. But he was one that you, you, you thought would go on and, and, and be a real sort of regular in the championship side. But funny how it, it worked out. He never really got that 
He left quite early on, didn't he? He didn't stick around long. Didn't he go on loan to Leighton Orient? Yeah, he went to Orient and yeah, I think when we were in the, the championship he didn't he didn't really McCormack sort of come in and took his place, didn't he? Um I think Gower played centrally at some point as well, didn't he? So yeah, you are right. I think he I think he sort of was around just up until the Man United game. I think he left, if I'm right, shortly after that. Yeah. And then, he came back, and then he came back for a few games. Because did he not play, this This might be well off the mark, this is a complete guess, did he not play against Leeds in the cup game that got us the the tie against Man United? Because we I beat, we did, beat actually, Leeds, didn't yeah. we? I, I think he might have played in that. So yeah, he was, he was, he was round about that time, he was still knocking about. That was November. I can't it? remember last week, let alone those. Yeah. <laughs> I think that Gary Hooper scored twice, didn't he, that game? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was definitely involved. Because um, we played Leeds twice in a row. We played them in the league and in the cup. Um, yeah, in successive games. And I'm pretty sure Guttridge was involved either off the bench or, or from the start. So, yeah, he definitely did. Definitely did feature in um, in that Leeds game, and then I don't think he played really much more after that at all. Yeah, no, that that was a real shame, really, because I think he he was there was a as we've said already, there was a few, quite a few underrated players in that team, underappreciated. But I would have put I would have put him at the top of that list of the underappreciated players, and he, and sadly, it never really never really kicked on for him. Had a good solid career in sort of League One and Two after that, but never really stepped up, did he? He was one of those ones that if you spoke to anyone in the team or anyone that played alongside him, he would be the one that they would all pick out as being a really good technical player. Um, so he was certainly appreciated by those that, those that were around him. Um, and that often tells a tale, doesn't it? It's sort of similar in, in recent years to your Will Atkinson and, and players like that. They get a lot of value from, from teammates who appreciate the hard work that, that they put in. And Luke scored some important goals as well. Um, he didn't score many, but he scored some screamers. I, I remember him scoring a, a, against Bournemouth, I think, at Roots Hall. That was, a, that was a key win. I think they were on top in the game. I think they were a bit fresh than us. They hadn't played as many games over the Christmas period. And I also remember him, because although Swansea sealed promotion, the game which pretty much made it more or less certain was a win against Blackpool. And we were struggling that day. We weren't at our best. Freddie scored a typical Freddie goal. And then Luke Gutridge popped up with the winner. Um, and that was arguably one of the most important goals of that season. And I think, I think he, did he score in our first win of the season at Bradford as well? Bradford, so, yeah. Yeah, he was one who popped up. He probably didn't get that many goals that season. He probably only got four or five. But he seemed to be a scorer of, of important goals. It's weird how sometimes you do get players like that, don't you? Like a big game player, like wasn't going to shy away from it. But yeah, yeah no, you're right. He, he didn't score many tappings at all, did he? No, because he scored left foot, right foot. He, he scored from distance, and yeah, he was a. I might try and track him down. Actually, I haven't interviewed him. Obviously, I saw him last year when the squad got yeah, back. Yeah, he together. was. Uh, he come for that game, didn't he? Yeah, I didn't get the chance to sort of talk to him that night, but I might try and track him down and do a story and see what his view of the. Uh, his time at Southend was and, and how he views the way it went after he left Southend. There were some good defenders, weren't there? Like your, your Barrett's. Your, uh, did I see Spencer Pry got injured, didn't he, that year? Yeah. Yeah, like, he didn't play quite as much, did he? 
can't remember what he did. What was the injury? Was it was it his knee? I can't remember Seems what he did. I think he twisted his knee and he played yeah, he played a few games and then there was quite a lot of competition because Soji came in as well, didn't he, that season in January time. And then you had Andy Edwards, you obviously had Adam, Spencer Pryor, Lewis Hunt could play centrally as well. So although it wasn't a big squad, you did have a variation of players that, that could sort of play and I think Andy Edwards had a, a run in the team and he did well and spent during the time that Spencer Pryor was injured so he couldn't get back in. But I think he did play a bit more during during the second half of the season and then he got injured again. So yeah. I think and then I, think I looked it up. I, I, I think I think Pryor only played about twenty games. Yeah. Yeah. How that old would he have been then? Uh, 43. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was coming. That was his penultimate season, wasn't yeah. it? So he, he retired. His last season was in the championship. So I think he would have been mid, 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 mid to late 30s. I think that yeah, would right. have been uh, roundabout. But that was good to have that blend of experience as well. So obviously you had your Andy Edwards, your Spencer Friars. Sean Goaters, and they were invaluable for the for the younger players that that were around them, really. And I think it's important to have that mix. I think in recent years we've lost that. We've just tried to get the older players and the older players, and we and we've shying away from signing the younger players that are hungry from non-league that are coming up and want to prove a point. There's got to be a balance, and I think somewhere along the line that balance has been lost at Blues in in the last few years, and we've tried to over rely on on players that are. Your, your older, experienced players who do have a part to play, but yeah. there has to, be, has to be a blend, and you can't just rely on on the older players. You can't have a team of just completely older players, and we need to get back to having that kind of blend. And that showed, didn't it, with the with the mix? That's why it worked so well because you had the the youth, you had the experience, you had those players that would get through the hard work, you had the flair players as well. And where do they finish in the league? So it, yeah. it worked. Yeah, and Tilly as well. So you haven't mentioned him yet. He he was the one who. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember him? He was the one who who created that that team spirit and brought everyone together. It was a small squad, but everyone felt everyone felt part of it really. And I I think you know he's not someone who complicates things tactically. It was pretty much four four two, but everyone knew their jobs. Everyone knew what they were doing and. In the lower leagues, that's invaluable. And that's, I, I literally had that written down about how it was so so black and white. It was two banks of four, two strikers. Like yeah. it's it's such a simple game when it's when it's played properly. And that sounds really obvious, but that has yeah. got lost. Not just at Southend. I think there's there's definitely too many um, coaches these days in this country trying to go with like the foreign approach because it is. It's all, all all these all these new formations that come in now. They're all imported. Like, and you see that you can you can still and it's become a bit of a cliche that if you play four four two you have to play long ball you play unattractive football. It's not yeah. the case at all. We play some really good football that year. I said to, I always say to Clarkey and Penny Father, just keep it simple. Why complicate? With the greatest respect, we're not Barcelona, we're not Real Madrid. It's South United. Just keep it simple. Once you've done that simple thing, then you can move on. Just yeah. keep it simple. Don't yeah. complicate uh, things. Completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. And I think also in recent seasons, we've kind of gone from one formation to another, to another, to another. And I don't. I think a team has to have a, a kind of identity. And this team that we're reflecting on now certainly did. You knew, as you just said, 
you knew what you were going to get going to watch that end. You had 4-4-2, one winger would tuck in a bit, he'd be working hard. Gower was the fair player on one side, solid at the back, ready with a bit of magic in attack. And it just it just worked and you knew what you were going to get. Whereas in the last couple of years, South End have seemingly changed formations pretty much every half, let alone every game. I'm not convinced just South End though, to be fair. No, it's not. No, it's it's a problem with modern football. I think people that they, it's like panic mode. It's like, oh, oh, that hasn't worked straight away. I've got to change it. I've got to change it. No, yeah. just just leave it. Just leave it, and it it all it all click eventually. No, you're right. Yeah. So you haven't mentioned who's the one player we haven't mentioned yet? Flabs. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke to him on the Sunday. Yeah, he was. Um, he was fantastic. He always used to annoy me a bit when people uh, criticise him about his uh, lack of height and that. Because for every goal he let on for his, he let in for his lack of height, he probably saved twice as many by being able to to get down low yeah. to either size. So yeah, and, we, so, we, and we've had big goalkeepers that weren't very good. So yeah, exactly. it, it doesn't really work like that. It's not all on the the height. No, and the all-round game. I think he'd definitely be up there. Every time I go and pick an all-time South End team, the goalkeeper's the hardest position I find to actually predict, uh, to pick, because we've had so many good goalies over the years. But Daryl's definitely up there with, with one of the best I've seen in, in my time at the club. And I think it, you know that's reflected in the success that South End had with him in the team. Time and time again, he made... And the goalkeepers, you kind of often get forgotten. You remember the goals. And you remember the moments, but even you know Walsall away, for instance, it's not, it didn't get shown on that highlights package. But we drew two all. But he made a stunning save in injury time to get that point. And you know Hartlepool away he was probably one of the best goalkeeping displays I've ever seen from a South End player. It's just time and time again, and almost those saves get taken for granted as well. But he would have won probably not as many points as Freddie obviously did, but his saves would have. And South double figures in, in yeah, points. There was a fair few games that season that we only won by like a one goal margin. And you yeah. think all he's all he's got to do is pull off one good save in that match, and that's that's sealing those points. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah, it was it was you know crucial, and he was a he was a real key part. And on or off the pitch as well, he was a good good character. He's a funny guy, so he was always good. And and the win double over Colchester. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, don't forget that. I haven't actually written that one down. I actually forgot to mention it. <laughs> was that the year you... Was that the year that um, they beamed the game back to Ruth Hall? Yeah. They did the beam back, didn't they? And Colchester was sponsored by a skip company. And when they went 3-0 down, Colchester, I did say they're sponsored by a skip company. They really are rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> that was only on the south of the county frequencies. The north of the county frequencies were completely different. So was that one on the day as well? Or did you have six months to think of that one as well? No, that was on the day. <laughs> that was on top of my head. That was being rude. <laughs> yeah, have you been back to Colchester since then? Or? No, no, never in uh, <laughs> Yeah, it seems crazy now to think that the South End were beaming back games to... It seems a bit ahead of its time now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was literally because you could get like six people in that away end at Colchester. So. Yeah. But didn't I, I saw on the video, you know, you they're on the 
right hand side of that little shed stand at our road, but they're also at the other end as well for some reason. I didn't really. I yeah, forgot about that. we, we had, I was behind the goal, and of course, all the goals were in the first half up the other end. So I was like, yeah. can't see a thing. I, I think we're freeing them up. I can't really tell. <laughs> that was a good day. I remember that day. In the home game, was it um, Mitchell Cole scored, didn't he? Bless him. And Sean Gosa got a couple, if I seen. Gosa got two, yeah. Um, Three one, so yeah, six one on aggregate. So we made T-shirts for that one. I don't know if you remember that. What for the games again? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure if the club made these, but someone, some. I I remember a T-shirt that had like Southend versus Colchester six one. You buy one? Have you got one? Really? No, I haven't got one. I haven't <laughs> got one. You're got, gonna pop out for costume change. <laughs> I've got a lot of uh, of pointless crap from down the years, but no, I never got one of them. I've still got all the flags from like the Cardiff games. Yeah, I've got some of them somewhere, and the foam fingers. Yeah, probably got one of them knocking them out. Nightmares. <laughs> I've still got my black and yellow uh, scarf from Wembley as well. Oh yeah, so have I. Yeah, I've still got that. Yeah, I don't know how I even got one because obviously we didn't get them in the press. <laughs> yeah, imagine I just draped over the seat in the press box. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I presume my dad must have got one or. Or something or other. Or I'm not sure if they sold them in the in the club shop after after Wembley. I think I might have bought one. I can't. I can't remember. I remember that. Did we win eight in a row that season? That season. Yeah, that was that one. Well. T-shirts and mugs and stuff like that. At yeah, that I point, think there was. There was. There was a long unbeaten run, weren't there? there? Was when was the long unbeaten run? That was in the middle. Near the start, wasn't it? I remember it was eight or nine, oh, and then we lost. It was two. eight. It was it was eight eight wins in a row, and then we and lost we to Doncaster. Doncaster. Yeah, we always lose to Doncaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was about saying. Even that year, we couldn't beat Doncaster. <laughs> <laughs> Bad, isn't it? We 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 still got knocked out. We won the league, but we still got knocked out of the league cup in the first round. And we still lost to Doncaster. Not some things never change. Was that, um, that season was that the Southampton in the yeah. Oh, that was when we became the first club to ever have a, a frivolous appeal. <laughs> was um, that a Freddie one? Yeah, so Freddie had got sent off against Huddersfield. And then what had happened was um, he was getting a three-game ban. And I think Tilly was actually quite pleased that one of the games was going to be a cup game. So I think he prioritised the league and he was quite glad that Freddie was only going to miss two league games rather than three. Anyway, because of the, the finances of the cup and it was on Sky and everything, Ron wanted to, Freddie to be able to play in the cup. So he appealed the decision. <laughs> if you, if you, it delayed the suspension if you appealed. But yeah, the, the authorities saw through this. And yeah, so that was <laughs> the, the, the club. First club. And I remember at the time, I'll be honest, I didn't even know what frivolous meant at the time. And I didn't prove. <laughs> And I'll send you now to spell it. And um, and then and then Tilly put Freddie on the bench. So after all that, he didn't even play him anyway. So yeah, that was one of the one of the stories that I'd, I'd forgotten about that until I saw the clip of uh... Freddie was on the bench quite a lot when you watch him highlights. Like when he showed the first half, it's James Lawson starts about eight in a row. Yeah, he was. He had the suspension, didn't he? And then he was—he came back from that, and I think the team had been doing quite well during his suspension. And then he came back, and he—I think the Yeovil game—he I mean, scored two in that game. But I think—I think I'm right in saying that he got two off the bench that day. 
Who was play? Who who started these games? Did you say Lawson and Gray. Gray. James, James Lawson started a couple. Yeah, it was a mixture. Blimey. I don't know where happened to James Lawson. That's a. I think someone said he's like a carpenter now or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but he's one that seemed to have. Uh... Nickname was Peanut, wasn't it? Yeah, I always remember the story with him. There used to be a. Um, <laughs> they used to put the advertise the games along the A127, um, and there was a big panner out on the left hand side as you drove down near Alton Garden Centre. And someone had just got out and written across his forehead in massive letters, Chab or something like that. And it, and, they, it was, and it turned out it was one of the other players. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was, um, that was the, the funny thing as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was getting a bit dark. So uh, <laughs> There's no electricity in yours. Yeah, and yeah, but there were so many pranks that season that were just... Some of my funny, my funniest stories that you'll ever hear come from uh, come from that season. I can't remember who stole whose phone, but someone stole Mark Galber's phone on the night out. And started texting Steve Tilson saying that he had special feelings for him. And, <laughs> and then was um, there was another one where they had to. I can't remember the, the I can't remember the player, but. You had to, when it was your birthday, you had to bring the cakes in. And I can't remember, someone had done it and they brought in, oh, I think it was Mark Bentley had done it. And he brought in really, really bad cakes. And in fact, they were so, you know, disappointed with these cakes that when they went out for training, they actually smeared it all over his car windows. <laughs> <laughs> Back at that time, I used to do a column with Adam Barrett. And we touched on this about the cakes that had been smeared all over the windscreen. And then it was James Lawson's birthday. And James Lawson apparently came in with the most like unbelievable range of cakes. He was basically the new Mr. Kipling. <laughs> um, Adam said to him, Oh yeah, that was that was some spread you bought in. And uh, apparently James Lawson turned around and said, Yeah, well, to be honest, my nan got them for me. She'd read in the echo what had happened about Mark Bentley bringing in the back cakes, and he, she didn't want that to happen to me. <laughs> so, yeah, they even had good cakes that season. A good old James Lawson. Yeah, he's another one we need to try and track down. Yeah, good, track good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. Tax Haven in Morocco or somewhere, I don't know where yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Have a look on Google. I did try and... I think Adam might have contacted him when we got everyone back together last year. So... I think he didn't. He didn't make it on the night, but I can't remember what happened with, with that. But yeah, I'll, I'll chase that one up. See, see where he is now. So you, we're we're getting you busy this while you're uh, while we're in lockdown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These people up. Yeah, that's why I, I thought about maybe doing a book or something like that. Because I've got a real from watching the tweets and everything of this season. I've kind of got a real excitement. I know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like. I don't know what I'm going to do now, now that it's all, well, now it's finished. all finished. Yeah. It's pretty hard last this season, mate. That'd be enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll, go, yeah, we'll, we'll do it this year. <laughs> yeah, that might be, be good. You need to find Bart Grimming. That's your person you need to find. Oh, yeah. Be a challenge. Mark Gow couldn't remember who he was, could he? <laughs> could, I remember, could I remember him? No, it was brilliant. We did a... Um, <laughs> 
oh, time flies. I'm going to say it was two years ago. We did, um, it was at the Arlington Rooms and it was um, Freddie, Adam Barrett, Tilly, Kev and Gower. And someone asked the question, or Bart Grimmett came up. And um, yeah, Mark Gower, <laughs> he genuinely couldn't remember who Bart Grimmett was. <laughs> and um, we had like a first half and a second half. And as the first half ended, Mark, Mark Gower, the last thing he said was, yeah, I'm just off to Google Bart Grimmick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure um, Bart's now a limo driver. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Is. is he? Yeah. yeah, I think he is. No, I think you're right. I think he's back in, because did he play for Lincoln at one point, even before or no, after? No, I know he played for Swindon, but I don't know whether or not that was before South Air. Yeah, what he's doing now, this limo company, oh, I believe it's in Lincoln. Oh, wow. Another, another one. Track, track him down. There you go. There you go. Yeah, if we play Lincoln um, next season, I might be able to give you a lift. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wayne, Gray, Wayne Gray's a taxi driver. Yeah, I remember you saying that, actually. Think, yeah, yeah, that, that does ring a bell, actually. We, we, so, that so I think when we year. played that game last year, I think he actually... Uh, At the meter running. Into taxi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He went a really long way around and came. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a receipt. <laughs> How many of them are still involved in football? So obviously, you've got like Mayo's obviously assistant at. Bristol yeah, Road. so, well, Flahaven's goalkeeping coach at Birmingham. Yeah. Um, Duncan Jupp and Shay Wilson both work in educational roles. So, Juppie's at a school in Sussex, like a posh school. And Shay Wilson's at Bath Uni, what, I like think. Hogwarts or? Yeah, yeah, he's working <laughs> well with uh, with Harry Potter. Obviously, Adams at Millwall. Andy Edwards has got a job with uh, England. Effie yeah. Sodge is otherwise engaged. Um, <laughs> Mark Gower's a scout at Liverpool. Yeah. I read that thing recently. Yeah, yeah. Mark Bentley's county manager, isn't he? Um, yeah, cool. yeah. I think Lee Bradbury's been a manager, isn't he? Yeah, he, he was at Hamilton Waterloo for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, where- where was Lee? Um, Waterlooville, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, um, oh. Freddie's got his own company, hasn't he? So he's not involved in football. But yeah, quite a lot of them. There's are. a lot, a lot of them though are, are still involved in some, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So that probably shows that they were, you know, good quality people as well. Because as people often say in football, you, you know, there's the good ones that, that often stay in the game. So yeah. that goes to the show. Um, we had plenty of good ones in that team. Something that I want to mention, I had it top of my list, but my it never go, never runs in order. You mentioned like underrated players. So like obviously the key players then were like, if you got Flavs, Adam, Mark Gower, obviously Freddie. How underrated was Kevin Mayer? Because oh, also, I've watched those highlights again, that like, Anid said it as well. He even stands out in a nil nil. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. another so one. So, so much work, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he used to oh, get battered. Right. I remember he, he used to get so much abuse for going yeah, sideways never, uh, and backwards, sideways and backwards. Yeah. He's, in, he's involved that. in, honestly, about 85% of the goals we scored. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was a class player, wasn't he? And he was one who. You, you know, you, we talked about the step up to the championship. Well, he got even better. He got, yeah. he got, he got player, of, the got year, player of the year that year. 
Um, and he, he scored quite a few goals in the championship season. And he wasn't often renowned for, for scoring too many because of the kind of role that he played. But I remember him scoring twice against QPR, twice with Preston. And yeah, he was a class, class player. He, he kept it ticking over. He had the vision. Um, he kept the ball. And he would be hugely, hugely unappreciated, I think, and underrated because of how much he did for that team. And I never understood the criticism that would that would come his way um, because he was such a, a fantastic player. I think in time, I think people learned to appreciate him a little bit more. Obviously, I think at South End and, and maybe in lower leagues in general, I think you fans in particular are more likely to warm to a, an all-action midfielder who, who flies into tackles, like your Gary Deegan, for instance, or yeah, Alan yeah. Or people like that, they got a lot of fan support because of the the way that they were. But Kev was a very intelligent player, so he often didn't need to jump in and make the tackles because he'd read that situation yeah. perfectly in the first place. And his ability on the ball was one of the, one of the best I've seen in in a Southend shirt. So he's he's a massive massive part of that team. And if if I pick my all-time Southend team that I've seen, then Kevin Mayer is definitely in, in the centre of the park. He was intelligent footballer, very intelligent footballer. I was surprised. Did you say he got real loads of sticks, Scott? Yeah, I, I, yeah, he, he, did, yeah. He, he used to get terrible abuse. Like, I'm not not that season, not the season, sort, but like sort of late late nineties, yeah. like uh, early two thousands. He'd get terrible stick. Yeah, You've got to be careful point. what you wish for, haven't you? Because he. You know, he's just such a servant to the club. So many of them were. And he's just through and through South End. Yeah. yeah. Well, in my opinion, he should, should never have been allowed to leave. But that's a different no, story no, for a different time. No, that was a, that was a massive error. But I think as well, that was the nice thing about that team is that there was an affinity between the players and the fans because a lot of them had been there quite a long time. So Daryl had been there a few years. Adam, I mean, you can't not love Adam he's sort of like the night one of the nicest men in, in football obviously Mark Gower had been there quite a while Kev Freddie they were Tilly they were they were local guys and they'd been there a long time so because of that there was a real affinity between the fans and, and the players and I think that made it that extra special because you almost felt part of it yourself as a fan you almost felt mm. like you you knew them really so you I mean Spencer Pryor was local Andy Edwards had come through the youth system so that's what made it extra special and I think that's something else that's been lost I mean there hasn't been much continuity in recent seasons so maybe mm. that hasn't been allowed to, to develop really because of the financial problems players have, have come and gone quite quickly but that was one of my favourite things of that team was that quite a lot of them played 250-300 games for the club and were there six seven seasons and because of that you, you went through the trials and tribulations with them and you almost felt as if you, you knew them yourself and, and that's why the the fans have got behind that team just wasn't just because of the results, but also because I think they, they felt part of it themselves. That was a great couple of three years, weren't it? A great couple of three years, like the two promotions, yeah. obviously the cup games and such like the year after. It was it was a good time to watch football at Roots Hall. Yeah. And the parades and everything, I mean they were great. Oh, weren't yeah. they? Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The parade's become second to nothing, didn't they? Down the seafront, thousand, you know, you imagine that now. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's on, that's on the DVD, that. That um, there's, there's footage of the parade on there. Is there? Oh, yeah. is there? It's, oh, it's, well, it's, it's mental. It's mental because like the seafront is just just ram. Yeah, because I think we were actually on the bus. I think I don't quite yeah. know how we managed. I know it's you. In fact, one thing made me laugh. Um, you're on the pitch at the end of the of the Swansea game. Who me? Yeah. Oh, am I? I'm, I'm a hooligan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's you. I'm sure it's you. Yeah, we did go. Yeah, that was the day. Because there's someone we... there and, he, and he's not in like club tracksuit gear. He's in like just normal clothes. I'm sure That was the you. day that didn't didn't Freddie drop an F-bomb live on air, Nick? No, oh, that happened regularly at that time. <laughs> 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 everywhere. <laughs> pretty we sure. Had, we had... We had we had fans with f bombs. We had I remember Kevin Hurst with an f bomb uh, <laughs> when we got we got promoted or to a cup final or something or other um, up to JPT and he was effing and swearing. Thanks, Kevin, for your thoughtful. So I'll leave yeah. you there. <laughs> the worst thing about that Swansea game I remember is that I was on the radio with you, Nick. That, I don't yeah. mean that was the worst thing about. Them. <laughs> um, and the game had finished and the, the South End fans were all celebrating and the players were all jumping up and down celebrating. And I think I'm right in, say, in saying that BBC Essex had sent, I think it was yeah. Ben, I think they sent Ben Fryer to Brentford v Hartlepool. And the result had to stay the same for South End to get promotion. And the game was still going. There was still yeah. two or three minutes to go. Now all the South End players, I think Luke Guthridge was in his pants by this point. <laughs> All the players were jumping up and down, and I was just thinking, "Oh my God, this is going to be so South End if suddenly Brentford scores, it actually, it would have been, wouldn't it? <laughs> and and we're not going to get promotion, and we're just going to have to we're going to have to sort of walk off the pitch with our tail between our legs to to a certain degree. But thankfully, that that didn't happen, and it and it was all all right. F bombs aside, <laughs> there's about two minutes, weren't there? We finished about two minutes earlier. Yeah, other game, I couldn't remember who it was, but yeah, we finished two minutes earlier. I remember. Yeah. Ben- yeah. yeah, that's right. But it seemed a lot longer than two minutes at the time, didn't it? Always. Is the dog okay? Yeah, she's getting very excited. She's just remembering about Swansea away, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great days. It was. I, I think that was one of the best times doing the radio as well. I, it was some really good games in that. You remember, there was some good, you know, seeing your stuff on the Twitter, seeing the goals. You just think there's some good goals there, really good players. You remember... That was great. Hey, what game for you lot sort of made you think, actually, we can do this? What was the, not necessarily a turning point. What was the point where you thought, I'll tell you what, we actually can do this? The game that... So I remember going into that season and I remember thinking, because we hadn't really been in League One for a while, 
And I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be a massive step up. And we got to the playoffs and that meant we had less time to prepare. We lost on the first game of the season and I'm sort of thinking, oh God, here we go. Um, but the two games early doors that stick out for me, we won at Bradford. I remember going to Bradford and thinking, oh, wow, this is, this is great. Because other than cup games, up until that point, I'd never really seen Southend play at a stadium like that. And we won that night. But I think the game for me, when I actually realised how good that Southend team was, was Yeovil at home. I think we were losing 1-0 at half-time. Phil Jevons probably scored. I don't know if he did, but he normally, he normally, uh, he normally does. Yeah. Um, and then second half, that's, I think we scored four goals mm. in quite quick succession. Freddie got two off the bench, and it really was like, wow, like, do you know what? This South End team is actually class, and you, you can quite easily get carried away and talking as a fan. You do, don't you? You win one game and you think, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to win this and win that. Maybe not this season, but in the past in the past you tend to get carried away but at that point you kind of thought well we've got the momentum we've got the players the only thing that could possibly have derailed that side was injuries and suspensions because the squad wasn't the biggest um but yeah that to me would be the overall game that initially stood out and I really realized just how good that South End team was and that they were more than capable of being able to compete at a league one level I remember going on a run. The run. I remember the run. I can't remember individual games like Chris can. He's very clever. But I remember <laughs> the run. I remember going on a run, and, and you think you're right. He's going well. Didn't we um, in there somewhere? Didn't we beat Forests here? At yeah, South that was on the telly. Yeah, one nil. Was that? And why wasn't there the, f- the fire at the pier just after that? The day after. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember. That. <laughs> I still remember that. I remember there was the, the game against Forest, and then there was the fire at the pier. But, um, yeah, you, so you just think, well, if they can beat Forest, they have to, something about them. And, yeah. But going into the season, I, once you're going, well, if they have mid-table obscurity, thanks very much. Just stay in the new division. That'll be fine. But they go on that run as well. It's great. Look, we only really signed, on top of my head, like the main player was Gota in the in summer, wasn't it, really? The main sort of... Yeah, Campbell Rice and Sodji. Oh, yeah, but yeah. That wasn't, yeah, that wasn't in the summer, was it? I think Campbell, didn't Campbell Rice come in the summer, but then left in Jan. Was they on loan? Is that right? Or? I think he sort of came in about September time. And we had Mark Wright, didn't we, who was in Towie. That's a random one. He was in the squad, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, he was on the bench. He's, uh, he's not that I'm one to cast dispersions or anything and but I'll let you draw your own conclusions. His dad was Freddie Eastwood's agent. Another game that sticks out for me is uh Chesterfield away. Freddie got a hat trick. But I also remember do you remember oh, the yeah. Chesterfield fans screaming abuse in your face, Nick? Oh yeah, I put them straight though. <laughs> and to be fair, they did that at Yeovil as well. The two old boys at yeah. Yeovil. I told them to sit down and Keep it quiet. Yeah, it's very weird because in some of these grounds, obviously the commentary box is is in among their fans. So obviously Nick gets excited when South End scores, so the volume <laughs> levels reach a huge crescendo, and <laughs> and they really don't like it. So they turn around, and the guy at Yeovil was was like proper giving it the middle finger treatment, <laughs> and uh, the guy at Chesterfield. Chesterfield, had, to be fair, it was quite a harsh red card, 
And um, yeah, this guy really didn't like it. And he was screaming in our face, <laughs> calling us like effing cheats and effing this and effing that. Like it's your fault. Yeah, because obviously we we decided to send their player off. So yeah, it's things like that that perhaps you don't see. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely don't see on the radio. Um, so yeah, that was another entertaining uh, element of, uh, of that game. Which you won four three. Yeah. So that, that, that was a big one. I think as you said, that, that run we went on winning eight in a row, you think that like, we can obviously we can certainly compete at this level. But it was still very early on in the season. Was, I think that was like early October. There's still so many games to play. But I think it was it was that Chesterfield game where we, we won four three. I think yeah, we came from behind at one point. We, we, yeah, a couple we, of times. One, 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 one nil down, two one up, three two down. And then we obviously got like, eventually win four three. I think that that was the one for me. I was like, we we can actually go up. I didn't think we'd necessarily win the title, but I thought we can we can go up here. Yeah, and I think the Colchester game was was quite quickly after that as well. So I think that probably that manner of that victory would have inspired a lot more confidence in the team and everything like that. And I, I seem to think that the very next away game after that was actually the, the game at, at Colchester where, where they were rubbish. <laughs> Sponsored by the Skip Company, they are rubbish. <laughs> it was Chesterfield and Colchester. Yeah, I, I seriously then. need to, I, I should get out more. He remembers, 15 years later, he remembers. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm sad, I'm not going to admit it. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> When you think about, I guess, the journey since then as well, you know what I mean? So, you know, obviously going up to the championship, having a go at it, coming down, having a go at the league one again, missing out on playoffs, and then getting ready and doing it all over again. Yeah. And now we're back in the situation. We're back in League Two basically again now. You know, it's just a bit depressing yeah, when you think I, of I it. Think, but... You know, as a lower league fan, I guess you take the rough with the, with the smooth and, the, and it, is, it is hard to take. And obviously, this season in particular has been. Very hard to take. And then last season, other than Sunderland, wasn't particularly great either. Um, but I think at least, I look at it, that at least we have had those moments. And on top of that, obviously, you've had the cup games, your Chelsea's and Man United. So although there have been a lot of times when it's been depressing and it's been really hard going on the games and, and tough to watch and, you know, so many things going on, on off the pitch... I think that almost makes the good times even better. Now, if you support Man City or your Chelsea's or your Liverpool's right now, you've probably, you've, you know, your emotions are probably quite like that and then just go up a bit. Whereas South End, the range of emotions that you get supporting a club, and I guess all lower league fans would probably say the same, that you know, one minute you're you know, lower than the stakes belly and then the, the next you're on cloud nine. So I think that's the... the in, you know, the appealing thing for me about supporting a lower league time is that you do probably appreciate the good times even more because they're so few and, few and far between. It is about appreciating it. Just appreciate the good times because there are a lot of low times. Not everybody's going to get promoted. 23, uh, 22, whatever, 21 teams aren't going to get promoted. Enjoy it when you get promoted. Enjoy it when you have a good, good time, when you have a good game. And... You know, it just because it's so low, sometimes you think, well, we've had some good times as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It is important to remember that. It's, 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 and it's easy to not think like that at the time, though, because you just think, oh, oh this yeah. is great. Like, yeah. we've, got, we've got back-to-back promotions. Like, we're really good. We're going to go and do it again. Like, it yeah. obviously doesn't work like that. Like, all wish it did, 
um, yeah, no, it's certainly it's, well, it's nice to have the technology to have been able to to look back at it. Definitely. Yeah, that's the extra. I mean, I'm older than you, and I remember the promotions in the early '90s. Um, that was when I first started supporting Southend. The first season was when they won at Berry. And they, there's hardly any any footage of that, which is um, is unfortunate. I think I've got I've got a video somewhere, but I don't know if you can transform that onto onto DVD or. You what. can, you can. Yeah, I think obviously you can't do it right now, now but like, when everything's when everything's back up and running, I think, I think yeah. places like Snappy Snaps do it. Oh, okay. they, like, but it's just nice to, to have, like you said, to be able to look back on because you forget things, don't you? And you forget the the saves or the red card or the miss just before the goal and. It brings it all back and memories. Like I said, the Chesterfield game, you watch that and you think, oh, yeah, that was the guy. That was the day the guy went mad. And it'll be the same for all fans. They all have their own individual stories from all the games, the people that they went with, the pubs they went to, where they ate, you know, everything. And that's another great side to football. And what we're all missing at the moment is not necessarily on the pitch, but the friends and the familiarity of following a club like Southend. You know everyone and that adds... Oh, definitely. That, that, that's what kind of... With this period of like isolation that we're all in now, that's what I'm still missing. Yeah, like, so. yeah. The foot, the football on the pitch. Like we don't need to go into it. We all know it's been terrible for like two years now. But it's those ninety minutes on a Saturday, or the hour and a half in the pub beforehand or after, where you get to see your mates for a bit. That's the release that takes everything else away for that period, like that, those few hours on a Saturday. It's like we miss. I miss. Yeah, you miss it. You miss the football and you miss the, doing the radio and that. But you miss the. I miss like some of the long journeys going up to wherever Rochdale with Chris and Penny Father in the car, um, and you just miss that. You just miss the long journeys. I'm joking. Chris would think that. Are you saying that? Are you basically? Are you just saying you're missing me? <laughs> <You're well. laughs> Sounded like a roundabout way of saying he's missing me. I think, that, I think that's the first time anyone's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> but you do miss it. You do miss the experience. Uh, yeah, on a Saturday, as well as the football, you miss the experience of Saturday. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, massive. Saturdays now don't even feel like Saturdays because it just it just seems so redundant. It just seems like one massive Sunday at the minute, doesn't it? I've got a massive Sunday. I've had a massive Sunday. So I mean, I don't, I don't miss leaving at four o'clock in the morning when Nick decides that we need <laughs> to, uh, and we need to go early. One game that we haven't we haven't spoke about the the title winning game the last we spoke last about the Swansea game we haven't we haven't spoke about the Bristol City game where we was that Wayne Gray's goal that yeah. was Wayne Gray's goal we had to wear the away kit because quite a few of the players had chucked shirts and shorts into the crowd <laughs> at Swansea and we didn't have enough home kit to for everyone to wear so we had to wear the away kit yeah I remember. It was Sean Goethe's last game, wasn't it? And it wasn't there the theme to wear all wear bright. The, Bermude, the Bermudan Bonanza Day. It was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you pronounced that. I would have been all over the place. Um, <laughs> and I seem to remember everyone was in sort of like bright, you know, really bright coloured shirts. And there were fans from Manchester City and and some of the Goats' other clubs that had come down. Well, he, play, was, he played for Bristol City as well, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I think that it was just one of the most memorable days that we'd had. I remember going on the pitch. Um, yeah, that's right, Bobby. <laughs> Where's the dog? The pitch at, the, at the end of the game as a hooligan again. and saw my mum and dad on the pitch and some of my mates from school. And it was just moments like that. I really, 
sort of as we touched on before, few and far between. So that was a that was a great day. I remember the Kevin May, the players that seem to remember coming out individually or in pairs to walk their way up onto onto the podium, and then Kev came out last to to pick up the trophy and. Yeah, the noise was was just unreal, wasn't it? I remember Sid Broomfield blessed him as well. I think he carried out the trophy, which was a which was a really nice touch as well. So yeah, that would definitely be one of my one of my favourite days because I think we actually we would have won the league even if it had been nil nil. Um, so as such, Wayne Gray's goal didn't actually win us the league as as such. If you want to be geeky, it, um, but it was just so fitting that. That's how the season ended in virtually the last minute of the last game was just that moment, and it was just the perfect way to to finish it all off. I mean, if we'd won the if we'd won the league and that game had ended nil nil, then I don't think we would have we would no one would have complained at all. But I think the fact that we won that day with a late goal it just summed up what what the whole season had, had been about really, and and the scenes are the icing on the cake. Yeah, everyone was on the because we hadn't actually been. We almost limped over the. That's probably our worst one of form that last month or so. We hadn't actually. We had a few home defeats, hadn't we? So we hadn't actually been in that in that great form towards the end. So no, it was the it was the perfect way to to fit to finish the season really, and it was quite fitting that that that's that that's how it did end. I remember the presentation and everything with Kevin lifting it. I can't I, I can't remember anything of that game. I remember more of the Swansea game. Yeah, it's weird. So do I. I remember the goal. I remember Wayne Gray's goal. But yeah, yeah, and that's all that, I remember about the game. I don't. It, it can't have been the best of games, in fairness, can it? Um, they so, never are, are they? When it, when a team has already been promoted, you know yeah. you've kind of done the hard bit. They, you, to a degree, you almost have taken your foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah, but no, you're right. You obviously you we we did still go on and win it, but a lot of times teams do get caught out in those sorts of games. Yeah, hundred percent. So you know, it was just a, it was just a, a really special. I mean, it was over eleven thousand there, wasn't there? And it was just, yeah, it was. Yeah, I always think it's good when you can even see the South Lower packed. That's when you yeah. know you've got a, you've got a good crowd in because no one's choosing to sit there first choice. That's when that's no. when there's nothing else left. Because you can't see a thing. No, no, you can only see players' heads, can't you? I think. Yeah, you're below the pitch level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Favourite game from that season? If you had to pick just one. So you see, the Swansea, or, for the actual, what it meant, obviously Swansea or Bristol City, but the, if you're taking it as just the best game, then I would say the 4-3 at Chesterfield was the most entertaining encounter as yeah. just that 90 minutes alone. But as my favourite, it would be Bristol City and Swansea. But I'd probably say Bristol City just because it was at Roots Hall and we lifted the title. See, I, I really enjoyed the, the Swansea game and the Colchester away game. Yeah, that was good. It was as really well. good as well. Just uh, just good, yeah, because obviously we're doing the split commentary. So Neil's doing one commentary for Colch and I'm doing South End. And just, just the day is really good. And it's going up there. You see them and South End one. Yeah, no, that was good. What about you two? Go on, Farms, you go first. Got to be Swansea for me. Swansea for me. Got to be. I'm going to go for another game. I didn't really... You know, earlier we spoke about when did you think we, we could actually do this. Another You're not going to go to left field and go 2-1 away you defeat a Paul Vale. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to go for uh, Brentford at home. Where we beat oh, a that was a good one. one. 
because they were another team that were right up there with us and we absolutely battered them yeah uh, they they were good and they they weren't they weren't necessarily poor on the day either we were just irresistible yeah i we think we had three defenders score that day yeah uh Sodji scored barrett shay wilson but, and then uh, shay wilson scored didn't he yeah. Good old Shay. Well done. Gower, another one. Gower, I think. Gower. Yeah. yeah. Right. My final question. I hope. I really hope one of you know the answer to this, or can provide some sort of insight into this. It'll be Chris. I'm under pressure now. The Oldham away game. Oh, the kit. The kit. What was that all about? I. Do, do you know what? Actually, it's quite funny because it would have been you guys when we put the tweet out. And um, I did Flabs. I think Flabs made quite a few saves that day. And um, I've been sending some of the clips to Flabs. I interviewed him today, actually. So I've been in contact with him about doing this story. So when the tweets have been coming up with him, with his saves, I've been sending them to him. Um, so I sent that to him. And nobody's got any idea whatsoever. Kev could... Kev, in that team, Kev would remember more than most. He, he yeah, someone, someone tagged him in the tweet and he said, yeah. oh, I can't remember. <laughs> if he doesn't know, then I don't think any of the other players would because he's one who remembers most, most of them. I can only... I don't know because it, it's all our kit, isn't it? Yeah. So it's not as though yeah, we bought the kit and had to borrow some. Was goalkeeping jerseys similar? I don't know. So what did we wear in the end? Did we wear the red? We wore we wore the white and black shirt, the the away shirt with the third shirt, third kit, shorts and socks. So red shorts and socks. All I can imagine is is that they wore dark blue. So maybe the referees thought that our black shorts were too similar to their blue. I know, do you know what? It was probably the refs thinking it was going to clash with him. Yeah, yeah, well, that as well. Or just a kick cock up. It was just a yeah. mistake. Maybe yeah, someone's just brought... Because it, it's just so bad. It's baffled me for years. Yeah. It's like the most ridiculous kick combination I've ever seen as well. I remember days when I've seen Southend have to wear the other team's kit. Um, and I remember games at Roots Hall where we've had to wear our away kit and there's been some strange conundrums and kits worn over the years but that's definitely up there with with the worst i think but it's it, that, that game finished nil nil but it's a memorable game because of what <laughs> we had to wear yeah <laughs> maybe it was like non-school uniform day maybe they all just paid the pound <laughs> <laughs> and they all went to charity <laughs> right that's our amount of questions brilliant thank you very much you've done excellent questions yeah no excellent. brilliant marvelous thank you very much no it's cool thanks for taking the time to no it was good it's both of you cool thank you very much guys thank you no worries well done take care see you later see you later see you later see ya away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.